Welcome to What the Fun Podcast with Kimmy, Kisa, and Renee. Glad you can join us as we explore all aspects of entertainment and current events with industry professionals, friends, and us. Welcome. Welcome to season two of What the Fun, episode 13, I believe. You need to go back on hiatus. I do. I do. I really, really do. I mean, since <laughs> since we've been down, I mean, like, I wish I could say that I was doing fun things during our hiatus, but I wasn't. I was just, I was just working. <laughs> did you ladies do anything fun? I did a lot of, you know... Oh, I would walk into one room, throw myself on the floor and lie there for like a few hours. And then I walk over to the next room and sit there for another like 30 minutes and then walk over and bug my nephew and (laughs) try to like entertain myself when I wasn't doing something else. So that's what I did during this lovely hiatus. It was like, what, two weeks? Yeah, it wasn't really like even a long hiatus, honestly. It was a very short one. I mean, in the two weeks, all I did was eat. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of eating, a lot of good food. Speaking of good food, oh my goodness! Yesterday it was my um, sister-in-law's birthday. Actually, her birthday's this this Thursday. So happy birthday, Mary! Um, We went to this place called um, Basil. Basilur, Basilur. I don't know if it's like French, but it's like a Korean pastry um, a cafe in a shopping mall in Buena Park called The Source. Never heard of that. Mm-mm. It's a cute. It's a cute little um, plaza. It's like a three-level mall, very small and compact. But there's so many cute little stores, like a big old K-pop stores for those who are K-pop fans. Or um, these little cafes with cute little chubby teddy bears and stuff. But the cafe that I went to serves um, these Japanese souffle pancakes. And if anyone knows what those are, those are like those really puffy, jiggly pancakes that are so freaking good. Oh my gosh. I literally shed, I shedded one tear after I took a bite. It was so freaking good. I highly recommend it. Oh my gosh. Now, it's a little pricey. It was like $13. But I paid For again. One pancake? No, it's two. It's two chubby pancakes. Oh. I was like, okay, that's better. I was like, $13 for one pancake is like a ripoff. Do not pay $13. For one. <laughs> no, it's like two chubby pancakes with this this cream sauce and fresh strawberries. So it was very filling. It was delightful. It was yummy. I want more. Mm. Hey, Kisa, yeah. since you bake, you should make, you should learn to make it for me. It's kind of a lot of work. Like, <laughs> I've already looked it up. It's kind of a lot of work. Like, and, you know, I like regular pancakes. And when you make the souffle pancakes, you have to like, make a meringue and you have to you know whip up your egg whites and you have to fold it into your batter and then you have to be really careful and you know regular pancakes are just kind of like throw that in a bowl you're good to go (laughs) it's way easier (laughs) oh man that was classic (laughs) this girl maybe this girl (laughs) 
<laughs> but probably not. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, I love Asian food. <laughs> Me too. Who doesn't love Asian food? It's like the best kind of food. Yeah, we could go on forever. There's just so many options. Yeah. <laughs> just so many options. So when you had your uh, food truck mm-hmm. business, yes. what was your specialty? So our food was Filipino fusion with American fare. And our specialty was our footlong lumpia, which looked like a churro from a distance. Mm-hmm. But it was like a big old egg roll. And um, it was stuffed with ground pork and all of our, you know, um, secret seasonings with our uh, sweet chili dipping sauce. We were also known for our French toast burgers with our own cured um, bacon. Um, gosh, what was the name of? Tocino bacon. Sorry. So yeah, French toast. And we even gave like a side of syrup to go with that. Yum. Wow. <laughs> and then um, our tacos, our taco trio. Um, one was chicken adobo. The other one was lechon koale, which is crispy pork that's deep fried. And then the other one was beef steak, which had um, fresh bean sprouts and our special cream sauce. It was so good. So good. Oh, my God. Boyo adobo <clears throat> is like yum, yum. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We made this really cool slaw that went with the adobo, and it just truly complemented that um, vinegar, salty, soy, acidic taste in the adobo with mm. the coleslaw. Oh, neutralized it, but it was so good. It worked so well. I haven't had breakfast, so I'm starving. <laughs> really <laughs> making it all better. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe it. We're in season two, guys. I, I know. know. Wow. What do we have look to look forward to this season? A website. website? We have a website. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of our all of our um, fans can uh, log into our website to check out the latest with uh, ladies of what the fun. Kimmy, what is our website? Our website address is www.rikikiproductions.com. And we'll also post that on our Instagram and Facebook page with a direct link to our website. It's very exciting. And our new episodes start today. Uh, We have a great season ahead of us. Um, And what else? Oh, yes. We're also introducing a little small, a smaller segment towards the end of our um, podcast episode. Uh, where we're doing some cross-promotional opportunities with some of our dear friends who are creative and have gotten to work during this quarantine time and we want to push their businesses. So we're looking forward to that as well. Mm-hmm. So make sure to listen to the end so you can get that those discount codes on on all sorts of different things that we will be offering. Yes, especially right now when the holiday season is about to start. Well, it actually has started. Hey, ladies, speaking of holidays, subject change, but going back to like Halloween, I'm contemplating on what to be for Halloween. I'm going to go out with my nieces and I told them that I want to be a potato. But if I dress up like a potato, I could be mistaken as a turd. Wait, like, but... Like, just like a raw potato? Yes. A potato. A spud. Just a potato. Do you, okay. Do you ever watch Friends? No. I've only seen like a couple of episodes. 
So I've watched Friends like on repeat for many years and there's literally an episode where where Ross dresses like Spudnik, like Sputnik, like the, <laughs> I don't know, what is it? Like it's like a satellite, right? But then he says, but then he's Spudnik, so he's a potato. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna send you a pic. Is this like was, a costume or is this like a you're gonna paint yourself and wear a t-shirt? No, 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 no. It would be a costume. I was gonna go buy like you know those little um that foam mattress padding that you you can buy like at the store and it's mm-hmm. like about two inches thick. Well, it's mm-hmm. just made of foam, so I was gonna like cut an outline of a you know like a potato enough to fit my body in and then like paint it brown but then I started thinking about it and my sister at first she laughed and loved the idea that I was going to be a potato but then after thinking about it I started wondering well crap will people know that I'm a potato or will they think I'm a walking piece of poop because it kind of <laughs> you can't tell Okay, you need to watch that episode of Friends because it literally talks about this same yes. thing. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh, that is funny. Didn't even know that you they had an episode. You like put like a sign on yourself or something that says Idaho or and people will know. That is or true. Like, or like be like a baked potato, right? Because then like yeah. you'll have other stuff. And my innards are full of sour creams and chives. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or you can just be Mrs. Potato. Mrs. Oh, potato. that too. That too. I was going to just simplify the costume and just look like a potato. Anyways. Well, you know, um, speaking of like our guest list, we have our first guest today, whose name is Justin Mabardi. And he's pretty great. Kimmy, why don't you tell us about him? Yeah. Well, joining us today is a creative director and television director with significant experience in the production and development of live shows, live shows for television and television formats. He has worked in 20 countries on shows of every scale and was most recently enlisted as creative producer by ABC's Dancing with the Stars. Oh my gosh, that is pretty cool. Um, To reimagine the look of the entire show and produce all performances over the season. And also, did you know that he produced American Idol remotely from home while locked down throughout the COVID pandemic? Did you know that? No? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) At the time when I was watching it, but yes, I did. (laughs) And then also, fun fact, our guest used to work at Disneyland telling jokes aboard the world-famous Jungle Cruise and also directed traffic in the parking lot and at some point was a part of the stage management team. Did you know that? Did you know? Yes, I did. (laughs) Came to find out. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he sounds pretty badass. So without any further ado, let's welcome to our show the awesome Justin Mabardi. Yay! Yay, Yay. welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. Good Good morning. morning. Good morning. Good I feel morning. it's like it's like Char- it's like Charlie's Angels. Good morning, Mr. Mabardi. <laughs> I've got the voice for it. <laughs> I love it's my it. stage That's management that. voice. Isn't it oh. fun how when you're stage managing your voice changes when you're calling shows? It's like 
It just drops like an octave. <laughs> yeah, mine definitely drops when I am calling shows. If mine dropped anymore, it would literally just sound like an ogre coming out of a cave. <laughs> okay, well, welcome, Justin, to our show. We're so excited. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Of course. So let's just jump in. Let's just talk about how you fell into stage management because from hearing your background, it wasn't like something that you actively went out. No, and exactly. No, I, I definitely did not. I, you know, I, I grew up in California and um, really had no specific interest in theater whatsoever. I didn't really ever go see theater. I didn't really know much about theater other than just sort of, you know, once in a while here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I applied as a business major to all the universities I was interested in coming mm-hmm. out of high school. And I was incorrectly admitted to the theater departments in UC Santa Barbara. They like <laughs> accidentally misread or, you know, some Scantron something or a number right. two pencil issue or whatever it was. It read as theater student. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I am not, no way a theater, <laughs> no interest, not going to do it. not. And so, but I took the spot because I was happy to go to school there and I was just going to change my major to business. And when I got there, well, two things happened. I found out, A, that I was horrible at business <laughs> classes. <laughs> and B, when I went to go and change majors, the uh, the light design professor, he somehow convinced me to take courses in, in the theory of design, the color, color theory, all these sorts of things, which mm-hmm. I ended up being quite fascinated with and good at. And... You know, and so I just sort of like um, went along with it and I was and I focused on light design for for several years and Mm -hmm. ended up um, at Disneyland that summer as one of the college program kids. And someone, you know, mentioned to me that you might want to shadow as a stage manager. And I sort of hadn't really put it together then until I was on essentially on um, Tom Sawyer's Island for Fantasmic, um, Mm -hmm. shadowing a stage manager. And I was kind of like, okay, this is amazing maybe this is maybe this is it you know and and so I mean those two experiences you know understanding design um, fundamentally and Mm -hmm. and also understanding production essentially have served me really well in in my career so I know for me when I uh, found stage management my brain was like oh finally I I, my brain makes sense there is a purpose for it Mm-hmm. Was that the same feeling for you because of that? For me, it was the organizational part of it and the fact that sure. we could play with supplies, um, with office supplies. It was it. <laughs> you found your spark. I did. Yes. That was the spark. <laughs> That's cool. I, I don't know if I had the same experience. Like I didn't, I've never had that sort of like, this is it. I, you know, I found stage management and one, and the way that UC Santa Barbara operates is it's a research unit. So mm-hmm. there are no, like, you know, you are just doing, there is no not doing like you are, you are literally thrown out into the, <laughs> into the craziness of it all. Yeah. And they're sort of like, we're here for you to learn and to bounce off of things, but it's just practical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of universities operate differently and they work from a research perspective. And I think you can make an argument that it, it could be totally the opposite. Like you don't necessarily have to go to school for management, like, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really find that I knew that, that this was for me. I knew that I was good at it. I knew that I was doing it. Um, you know, 
I stopped doing it for, for short periods of time. I was, you know, like an assistant manager at a Starbucks for a while. Like I didn't know which way it was up. It was mm-hmm. just sort of stumbling through life and just saying yes to every experience that it worked out. For. Um, and I think that that served me well in the sense that, you know, now I do a much different kind of job. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it's all kind of led me through from one thing to the other. I mean, just hearing like the life of a stage manager, what was the most challenging experience you had stage managing? Because for me, that would be (laughs) patience. Patience would be the most challenging thing for me. I, yeah, I I couldn't. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I mean, people management is a big part of it. There's no question. And, And being able to be the person that connects people. I mean, you know, I worked for Franco Dragone for many years, um, Mm -hmm. on several shows around the world. And really, you know, the thing that, that is, that helps is being able to speak between people. So a stage manager is very good at understanding why an artist is struggling with something and why Mm -hmm. the director is asking too much of it or Mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. The actor was out late last night and is, you know, and is hungover Mm -hmm. and, (laughs) you know, and we need to figure it out or, they don't speak English, but, you know, he speaks Italian and he speaks French and Italian so we can get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really right. trying to figure out that t- how does the tech work for the creative. But, I mean, if you don't understand how programming works or how much time something really takes, then, you know, it's not that you're like a bad stage manager or a bad person. But the thing that is helpful is to be able to understand all the different worlds and to right. be able to speak between them mm-hmm. and make sure that people get there. Because what you don't want to do is end up in a situation where... You know, people don't understand each other um, and there's no one really there. Then it's just, you know, infighting. You want to make sure that you're helping the production. Yes. Right. Helping the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so one thing that you mentioned uh, earlier was how saying yes has helped you in your career, has moved you along from one opportunity to the other. So coming from stage management, working at Disney, um, you went on to work on on big shows like <laughs> yes. Rev and um, you toured and whatnot. What other opportunity, what came up after that? Like, Right. So, yeah. So I, you know, I actually, I, <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but I'll just say it this way. <laughs> you know, I, after 9-11, um, there was no work at, at the resort at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of low man on the totem pole. And a friend of mine was moving to New York. Um, and I was like, great, I'll just move to New York like an idiot, you know, <laughs> like within like a year of like this horrible catastrophe that happened. It's attack in the city. Uh, but I moved there. And then my first job, once I got there in theater was actually in Moscow. So I moved to, to Moscow for a while. I went, um, I toured with Fosse as the production stage manager at like age 25, or 26, and then ended up in Vegas um, on La Rev for two years. And it was through that experience with Franco that, you know, we got on really well and, and, and worked really easily together. Um, so he picked me up on several shows from then on. And, and, you know, at the beginning there was like in La Jolla, right? And then all of a sudden it was like Macau. And then all of a sudden I was living by myself in Macau trying to figure out how we were going to make this $300 million show. Uh-huh. Um, you know, with him between Belgium and, and Macau and delays and this and that and the other. Um, and, and, and through that experience, I then also was able to come back and support him more creatively, Mm -hmm. um, not as a creator, as much as just to support on the creative side of things, which opened up a little bit more my eyes to, oh, you know, it's a lot about putting parts together. It's a lot about understanding narrative and I'm not an actor's director at all, but what Mm -hmm. it 
allowed me to do is then work in television mm-hmm. um, as as um, a creative director, a creative producer is what we call it in TV, um, and really start to understand how you put technology together and create imagery on stage week after week after week after week after week. Um, mm-hmm. For shows like America's Got Talent, Four, Britain Funny, I, now I'm on Dancing with the Stars and American Idol. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really my skills at, from, as a stage manager, understanding mm-hmm. how to connect all the dots uh, creatively and then to understand how to deliver a bit of a vision. And the vision, of course, takes time to understand and to figure out what works well on television. It's much different. But so, you know, I would say that just sort of rolling with it and saying, great, I, I mean, you know, I sort of have this feeling, don't tell anyone, but like if you walk around and you see people doing jobs and you're sort of like, well, I could do that. You know what I mean? And, and the truth is like, yeah, but it takes time. You have to, you have to mm-hmm. play, you have to sort of arrive in a way that is respectful of people's process you have to arrive ready. You can't just say like, I'll, I'll never get there. You have to sort of arrive saying, I know I'll get there. It's going to take a minute. I need to learn a lot and I need to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that's actually been helpful for me in my career is being ready to, um, to just call people up mm-hmm. and, and ask them literally for help, literally just ask them for help and say, Hey, you know, I know you're a really big deal, but I have this goal of doing something, you know, in the same world as, as what you're, you're up to. Would you take 20 minutes and talk to me sometime? Um, you know, not even, not even knowing what I'm asking. It's not like there's some plan. There's no mm-hmm. plan. It's just sort of like, um, luckily, and as we're, you're seeing here, people love talking about themselves. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people are totally open to it. So, um, so anyway, I, you know, but that's open doors in my life as well. It's just mm-hmm. a sort of cold call, cold email, get in touch, ask, you know, it's, it's just people. So that's the nice part. Yeah. I think what helps too is just having that genuine curiosity of like, what do you do? How does it work? And they feel that. And so they open up more. It's not like you're right. going after one thing and they can also feel that as well. hundred percent. And it's not like they know what they're doing either. Yeah. I think we're all running around like, what are we doing? You know, like it's <laughs> like theater and entertainment and creativity is such like a, you know, wild bananas process. And I mean, I love it, but you know, there are days where I'm like, it's good. Is this right? Like, you know, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't know. <laughs> I feel that. Every day it's going to be different every day. Even if you're trying to maintain that show and you know what it's supposed to look like, something's going to happen. Murphy's law, whatever it is, and you have yeah. to deal with it. And that's just yeah, part of the process. Yeah. You sort of yeah. have to get rid of your perfectionist nature in a way because otherwise you won't sleep. Exactly. Yeah. That's a hard lesson to learn. That's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. It's quite Agreed. it's quite the adventure. So just from so from California to New York to Russia to Las Vegas and to everywhere in between. How is life on the road? Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, it's, this is the thing, this is the big trade-off in life and is that you are living a very exciting, you know, life and you get to see the world and be in new places, meet new people, have different experiences, try new things. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, my dating life, I mean, I've 
I've had a great dating life, but I have not had like many relationships in my life that are, that are worth talking about because I've just never stopped moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made that choice and I'm really pleased with that choice. It's just now mm-hmm. that I'm in my forties, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> Probably just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the wings. He's like, he needs to calm down. <laughs> Slow down a little totally. bit. <laughs> and that's the more my like personal relationship side. But when it comes to like seeing family, the one huge benefit is that most of my family is throughout the Middle East and Europe. Um, and I have, mm-hmm. of course, a lot of family in Brooklyn from my dad's side. But so when I'm living in New York, I get to see a lot of them, which is really mm-hmm. nice. But when I'm touring or I'm out on the road or I'm coming through Europe or living in Belgium living in the Middle East or China or whatever, I'm able to see them very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, or more often than say if I had a nine to five job, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the city somewhere. So, so, you know, there's trade-offs. I, the, I've, I'm, I'm very happy with my life. How about that? Um, <laughs> now I'm, I'm ready to be like, where, get, get him out here. Where is he? Let's <laughs> That's all that matters. So as long as you there, are happy. <laughs> <laughs> If he's out there, you can come out of the shadows now. (laughs) So, okay. So we've talked, we've touched on how you were in stage management, you were on the road, you switched into TV. Now let's talk about what really motivated you to stay in TV. Like, what is that about? Is it that crazy life, like that always go, 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 go? Is that what really motivates you to stay in TV? Because it's a, it's, it's a really tough industry, right? Like, I mean, in general, entertainment is a tough industry, and it asks a lot from the people that work in it, a lot of our time and energy and yes. mental stability. So it's like... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so what is it that makes you want to stay there? I, what I like about television is it is exciting, which I, which I enjoy. Um, you know, you, my days are, I can't, it's hard to explain. Like sometimes I call my mom and she's like, she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, you're, you're trying to resolve all of these things to make sure the show looks incredible and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Is that the other, you want to make sure that they, that they are happy as, um, as a cast or as talent or as the host on the show. Um, that you know you're doing right by your your executive team that you're mm-hmm. that you're proud of the work you're putting out there all of those things but i mean the way that the days go are like comical like you're literally just like where's the mirror ball and where you know like turn that blue and you know all of yeah. these things you want to make you know with all of these different uh, personalities around and you're just mm-hmm. trying to make sure that the day feels right um or the show feels right um and that you're having a good time so all of that is actually of course, really exciting. It's really fun. It's, it's, it's unique. It's a unique process you have to delve into. At the same time, it's incredibly stressful. Um, it's incredibly hard. It's, it's laborious. Like, I mean, I don't think people really understand mm-hmm. when I'm in a season, it's seven days a week. It's, mm-hmm. it's 14 hours a day. It's, you know what I mean? It, and, and even when you're off, you're off, <laughs> you know? So, you know, what is it that I love about it? I, I love my team. I really love the people I work with. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the honest truth. I love, love the team that I work with. 
Um, I love the people that have brought me onto this show, onto dancing. I love, you know what I mean? Like it is a really good group of people. The director's amazing. Um, the, the exec is great. The, um, all the co-EPs on the show, the designers on the show, it's really a good group of people. Um, then, so that's like the people creating the show. And then our cast is wonderful, like our pros and the celebs change every year and some of the mm-hmm. pros do as well. But fundamentally, like it's it's a lunatic dance show. Like you're literally like, it's bananas what we're doing. We're like training celebrities to ballroom. In the moment you can remember that every morning. It's a benefit. Um, I don't even remember what question you asked me. I just sort of remember the vomiting information. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was like, how, yeah. like what, do you, what do you enjoy about being in TV? Which I think is the answer. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, think, I think fundamentally the answer is I'm not sure. But <laughs> um. but I will say I love it. And anyone that I know listening to this, I love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so and that and that's part of it too, right? It's just n- that collaboration, having the right team, working with the people, and being able to communicate with all of them. Oh, hundred percent. What and knowing the is. right people to bring onto projects. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like it does make a big difference. And you know, there's this you know, there's this thing we all say, like you know, oh, it's such a rat race, or oh, it's only who you know, or and I think that once you're sort of in it. The benefit of working with people you know is that you have a shorthand, is that you mm-hmm. have, is that you struggle less, is that you, and, and that is like a fundamental issue creatively. And there's a lot to talk about in that topic, but, mm-hmm. um, but there, you know, there is no time. Like it, people don't really understand that the rehearsal process for, for even just say on Dancing with the Stars is we have, we do 15 performances. We rehearse them all on Sunday and we're live on Monday. Mm-hmm. We have 15 minutes with every act on camera and that's it that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's how fast mm-hmm. we get to put it together you know what i mean so all the preparation is you know has to be like it needs to be trusted it needs to be creative it needs to be within this these lanes and once you get the right group of people who understand how to do that but what you can't do is be out on stage and running hours of overtime Mm-hmm. No one, right. will, no one, will, no one will ask that renegotiation. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's funny you said shorthand because that's what I wrote on my little note over here when you were um, talking about working on Fosse and all of that and mm-hmm. how you developed that shorthand with your director. And that's perhaps the the fundam- That's the fundamental thing. It's it is mm-hmm. that. It's not that you are preferring working with a certain individual. It's just that you've developed that relationship, and that's. What's important. Absolutely. That's what kind Absolutely. of moves a project along. Yeah. And I think maybe for, and I, and I think it's important for younger members of, of creative or stage management to understand like your peers are the people that you should be embracing your relationships with. Yes, you should be out there learning from other people. Yes, mm-hmm. you should be doing, you know, all of those things. But the truth of the matter is, is that at some point your, your, your card will get pulled. And I mean, that's a positive thing. I mean, is like, it'll be your day and it will mm-hmm. be the people that you've created with. It'll be the people that you have relationships with that all of a sudden are getting funded to do really amazing things. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're making amazing work, uh, in your, in your off time, that's ready to be out there. That's really the best case scenario because you need to be out there, you know, making sure you get paid, but also you need to be doing the connections and the work with, mm-hmm. with people in your age group um, mm-hmm, right. as they're coming up and in the ranks and, and mm-hmm. making sure that you're making impressive, interesting, creative work that's, to be honest, going to sell. Because the only way that anyone's making money in theater 
um, <clears throat> or in television is, is if it's, if it's bought. And I know that that's a, that, that is a horrible thing to hear for people who are creative. But if, but what you don't want to do is get in a trap where you're not paid and you're not able to do the thing that brings you great joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a much, unless if you're fundamentally wealthy, fine. Do what yeah. you want. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not, <so. laughs> but you still have to take those chances and just take every opportunity. So if you have an opportunity to create something, go ahead and do it and it'll come. I agree. But you just yeah. have to look for it. So networking, as we all know, is huge. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned in your meet and greet that you, and you just, and even just in this interview that you would just cold call people up, email them, ask them for their time. Is that still something that you do now or is that like, absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm making a shift towards actually directing these days as a multi-camera director. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, in order to get there, you sort of have to, now I have more contacts, of course, than I've ever had in my life. And I, right. I, I, I can, I can get a meeting and all these things that people say in Hollywood. Um, but, but it still requires that you're engaged with people that you, you know, that people who are making decisions, like see you, understand you, hear from you, um, let know that you're interested in, in growing and learning. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's much different than when I was working at the parking lot at Disneyland and, you know, and literally, you know, cold calling anyone in the parks to see if I could shadow a restaurant manager or whatever the case is, it's mm-hmm. much, much different. It's a much smaller field. Once you kind of arrive in television, there are only a certain number of people who are currently doing certain kinds of things. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's about getting people to trust new talent bring in new people, bring in new, you know, and, and to shake it up a bit. The thing is that people hate change sometimes. So you have Mm -hmm. to, you have to bring in the idea and then nurture it, um, you know, and sometimes it takes a year. Yeah. Do you think that just doing those cold calls has really been successful for you? Have you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably better than any LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Facebook group, um, whatever the case is. Now I'm not trying to diminish that because it's important, but you know, be able to stand, stand out and have people remember you and, mm-hmm. um, and want to help you succeed is huge. You know, yeah, it's really huge. Um, with, with recent events, that's, been happening in this beautiful 2020 year with the whole pandemic how has recent current events changed or reshaped the uh, entertainment industry you know when COVID hit in mid-march i was on a flight out here to los angeles to um creative direct american idol and so we were heading into the studio we had heard about this thing and um you know it, it had arrived in new york and so i was like oh i should probably get to LA quickly because there were a lot of rumors at the time about, you know, states closing, airports closing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what was happening. And I was like, I'd rather fly than drive. Mm-hmm. So we got on the plane. I got out here and, and everything in LA shut down and we were like, Oh, and then, you know, idol was already mid season, right? Like it was already, they'd re- recorded all these audition episodes. So they were mm-hmm. starting to air it. So we had to get to the result. Like there was no, like, I mean, I guess, could we have not? Yeah, sure. 
but is it is it is it great to do? No, you want to make sure the show finishes. But so now we're everyone's stuck at home, and we had to ship them all. Um, essentially, three three iPhones or four iPhones each, and um, stands and lighting. And then on a weekly basis, we would upload and download all sorts of, we have, we all had monitors at our homes. We could see all these different places that they were in around the country. And, um, I was shipping them like boxes and boxes and boxes from Amazon, Wayfair, wherever to sort of like support the lighting and the overall aesthetic behind them and then work with them to make sure that the show looked great. But it was exhausting. Like, you know, we were all in the midst of a pandemic that we didn't understand. We were horrified for our friends and family. New York was suffering. Like all my friends in New York were suffering. It was, it was horrible days. And mm-hmm. we all had to produce television from our living room. It was in, like, for, it was hard. I don't know how else to put it to that. It was really hard. I mean, I'm proud of the show we created that we produced yeah. and I'm proud that it d- didn't feel like sad or, you know what I mean? Like it felt like, mm-hmm. a, like a nice experience for people to have in the midst of this disaster that was going. Right. Um, but that experience was literally everyone at home on Zoom, 14 hours a day, seven days a week, for 10 weeks straight. We were tired at the end of it and proud mm-hmm. of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, dancing is, of course, we're live in the studio. We're, um, we're, we are, I don't even know how to explain the day. Like we are potted and we are zoned and yeah. We are tested several times a week. We are, um, like the amount of, of prep that our EIC and our COVID team, well, I mean, our execs and the BBC and ABC have done to support that has been incredible. Like it is mm-hmm. on the nose, nailing it. Um, and, and, and we're, and we're doing great. Yeah. And I watched the American Idol, um, season and I, again, I was one of those people that was just grateful to have something to watch. And, and it was pleasant. It felt great, you know, felt good to be watching something Thank that you. was being put out there. And, and still, and I think for me, it was more of, I know what's involved and how it's pushing things and how you guys were ri- rising to the top, like making it work. And that's part of what we do. We make it work no matter what, no matter what's being thrown at you, we're going to make it work. And, and push it forward. And so it was great to see that. So I think you guys did a great Thank job. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And it's been kind of, um, it's crazy because both of those shows, a lot of shows got either canceled or mm-hmm. postponed or, I mean, the majority, um, somehow I've, I've lucked out on these two from, from a personal standpoint, uh, to continue working and to make my way through the year. But a lot of people, it's not the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's shift to talking about how you stay sane. Let me call my therapist up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you do that, you know, just so you can keep yourself grounded, so you can keep working, you know, keep producing? What is it? Because everybody has to do something. You know, you can't just go, you're going to just fall over one day. Yeah, I I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I mean, I've got you know this Peloton bike here, and I and I try and go for work workouts. And I wish I could say reading, like I just don't even have the time for it. Like Who I, does? I, <laughs> I literally like the number of 
shows that I've watched that I don't remember now just to sort of drift off. I watch the Golden Girls like on repeat. You know, <laughs> so that kind of keeps it light. But then I just read the other day that it's a sign of depression when you watch shows that you've already seen before. So I don't know. What oh, I do that all the time. So. <laughs> so I like, check with the world. <laughs> That's just search for comfort. That's just you searching for comfort. That's all. I don't think. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, but I think it's really, it, it's learning to wind down because, because that is actually always hard for me. Mm-hmm. It's learning to wind down. It's learning to turn off for you. It's not like work up until it's time to go to bed. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. really finding, you know, a couple hours to, to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And now I tell my team straight up, I'm like, pencils down, everyone. Like it's a wrap for the day. And I, mm-hmm. last week I threatened them. I said, if I, if I get one call, one email, one text, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go enjoy your cocktail. So we need to get out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are you looking for in a boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I want someone who's got his own thing going on. I want, I, 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 I can't, I will never be able to be the person who is like, Hey, let's be together seven days a week. I, I just, I won't be able to do it. Yeah. So I need someone who's got their own thing going on. I mean, someone that I like, but I mean, someone who is also like, Hey, I'll catch you a couple nights a week and that'll be a nice situation. I, I can't, I probably can't deal with someone who is, um, there too in it like into you but not in it <laughs> well like in it but not into you know, you know? I mean? like yeah 100%, <laughs> like literally just like hey this is so nice all right i gotta go love you bye <laughs> they just have to be in the industry right because then they understand, they understand. what I don't know if that's true. Or something similar that, again, just have they have their own interests, even if like they're medical doctors. I think that's good. A mechanic. Yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. Some something somewhere. I almost feel like better that they have nothing to do. I I don't want to talk about show business when I'm at dinner with them. I want to talk about literally anything else. I want to just shut up and hear someone else tell me about something that has nothing to do with showbiz. (laughs) With what you have going on. So what yeah. are your other likes other than showbiz? <laughs> um, I love traveling. I really, I really love traveling. I love getting out to the city and, you know, I mean, it's, it's all kind of basic stuff. Like I, you know, I love seeing friends and going to restaurants and trying new places. But to be honest, at this point, like I'm happy to come home and shut down, mm-hmm. you know, talk to my, I, I have a lot of friends around the world. So it's good to kind of spend time catching up with everyone. Um, but I don't have any, like, I don't, like, knit or, you know, play chess professionally. Like, when people talk about hobbies, I'm always like, huh. You should take up crafting with me. With us, uh, we're I'm crafting. <laughs> oh, no, we would never be, we'd never we- be boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up our conversation with you what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners um you know i there is no one way there is no um there is no right way if you want to work in entertainment it's important that you learn to work with people that you learn to 
to be someone that people trust with with something that's incredibly valuable, mm-hmm. especially as it's like as like you have to you have to consider a show um, as, as a precious piece of property, and you know it's there is no God given right to to us all working in show business like it just doesn't exist. So I feel like the best thing to do is like to learn how to connect with people, to learn how to learn from people, uh, and then and then you know be be in it, be successful in the sense that you're delivering what your job is. But I think, um, you know, it's, there's a, there's a big lesson about being paid for your work. There's a big lesson about, um, saying yes to things that come your way and not knowing where things go. And is there a plan? Is there a, this or is it? No, God, no, who knows? Like, you know, and if you want, if it's more important for you to live in one city the rest of your life and be close to people, that are important to you, then let that be your choice and let that be your answer. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's not the case, then, then, then be okay with a different answer. Um, you know, I think that a lot of the success I've had is because I've been able to just say yes. Um, but you know, I've sacrificed other things in my life mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, sacrifice is like this like, horrifying word of sacrifice. No, I mean, you know, my life's different. Fine. Whatever. It just is, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm, and I'm really okay with that. So, you know, there is no one way, there is no answer, there is no, none of that. But all there is, is like making sure that you are, you're paid, you pay your rent, you figure it out, you're happy with where you are, and the rest will come. Um, but I, th- I think that's really it. Like, I don't really have some sort of like, inspirational. No, that's good. Hiring quote that's on my kitchen <laughs> wall or anything. I just, uh, you know, I just feel like the answer is is just roll with it and, and enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. Um, because it's hard and stressful, but it's a craft and, and it's not something everyone can do. So remember that, like, if you're actually doing it, it's kind of it's it's a unique thing. Mm-hmm. It should be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's just that you're surrounded by a bunch of other people who are probably as crazy as you are. Yeah. <laughs> You're not alone. Well said. Well said. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. That was really good. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much, Justin, for yeah, your time. Absolutely. absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. If you'd like to follow Justin on social media or ask him out on a date, you can connect with him on Instagram at Mabardi or check out his website at www.justinmabardi.com. We are so excited to be partnering up with Catnit Evergeek Etsy store, offering 15% off with free shipping on all merchandise and custom orders to What the Fun podcast listeners now through December 31st, 2020. Catnit Evergeek sells made-to-fit sweaters to keep your cats and small pets warm in the upcoming winter months, along with decorative superhero capes and even cat toys. Don't forget to check out my favorite, their ugly Christmas cat sweater, so cute, which is backed by popular demand. Visit Catnit Evergeek, one word, cat spelled with a K, on Etsy today. And don't forget to use your promo code WTFUN15 to get 15% off all merchandise now through December 31st. Yes, and make sure that you are subscribed to all of our podcast platforms so you can stay up to date on all of our latest shenanigans. We post new episodes of What the Fun podcast every other Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.